Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla and we're so happy to have you here with us. But before we get into the word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today and we thank you for the smiles that we get to wear on our faces, Lord. We thank you for the joy that you've put in our lives, Lord. A blessed opportunity to come before you, Lord, to learn more of your nature and your character, Lord, so that we can uproot those things that don't reflect you, Lord, and that we can be conformed to the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our pattern and our example, Lord. We ask that you'll continue to minister to us, Lord, and teach us your ways and your thoughts, Lord, so that we're able to walk holy before you and that we're pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we get into the Word and continue our study of the book of Hebrews. This morning, we are still in chapter 10, covering verses 26 through 39. So whether you're joining us for the first time or you are rejoining us, I want to encourage you to pause the episode and just take the time to read through that section of Scripture and make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And at this time, as is our custom, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, LaCharles. So the first thing that the Lord was sharing with me is that what we see instead of... um. Verse 30, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Um, and I just wanted to conflict on what the Lord was sharing with me is that um, there is a difference. We've been talking about how for those who trample the Lord underfoot again, that there's no repentance because they know exactly what they're doing. And as such, they willingly have gone into sin that they should not have been partaking in. And they have cast the Lord to the side. And just comparing this to how we see inside of um, 2 Samuel, we see that the Lord said, um, David said, I would rather fall into the hand of the Lord, for he is gracious, versus the hand of the enemy, of natural enemies, um, like the Philistines, or to have... Um, just the hands of men. Yes. Or to have a famine inside the... Um, inside the land and just understanding that when we're going through and working with the Lord that he is gracious to us yes but there's also comes the point where he gives us what we need meaning that he judges each one of us accordingly um, we know there's various scriptures where it says the Lord will give to each man his works meaning that he will judge them according to what a man sows and what he does and that's how we're going to be ch- judged inside of this earth and how the lord looks at it and just understanding as well that this wasn't a one-size-fits-all whereas what we see with the law of moses if you did certain things your punishment was the same going back to the example of um david even when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, he technically should have been stoned even though he was the king that's what the law of moses dictated but that's not what the lord said should happen because the lord understood and had a better plan at work and it may seem like it's um some people may get away with something that is not quite as severe. 
Even what we see in the example of Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit and as such it cost them, cost them their lives physically. Whereas other people may not have been to that extent, but just understanding that the Lord knows everything that's going behind it and the reasons and also the heart condition towards him, whether they'll come back into repentance and um, like David with after the adultery with Bathsheba, he came back into submission under the Lord. And he also knows those people who will not do do so and will continue to act perversely. I like that you brought all that up. You're focused on one part of it. The period or of time on this earth, right? And yes, we yes. will be judged as, as you brought up what a man reaps, he will also sow. Right? Or what he sows, he'll also so, reap. So excuse thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a man sows, he will also reap. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But there's the other aspect, right? The it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's not just about during the time on earth. Let's let's recall a few things here. Leading up to this, he keeps talking about Jesus, right? Yes. As, as the foundation for developing an unshakable faith. Okay? He acknowledges his, and, and writes so that the Hebrews, the Jews of the day, uh, and yes, this was approximately 2,000 years ago, and it still applies all the way up to and through today and beyond, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, about... He's the sacrificial lamb. He's the great high priest, right? But also about him now being the righteous judge. And yes, he's talking about the time on earth, right? They're the spiritual laws that are in play because, and they're in place because the Lord is the one who founded them, right? Yes. They're consistent throughout. But he's also talking about the future, and I mean eternity, Right? David, as you brought up in the example, he spoke about the eternity of these choices and decisions, right? Yes. Now, I bring this up because it's the other side of this. Excuse me. And there's the part of, again, the Lord is both the sacrificial lamb and the great high priest. So whatever we have done here on this earth has to be brought under the blood right? If it is not brought under the blood, then it is open. And we then are now legally liable to be judged by Jesus, who is the righteous judge for, yes, what we've done on earth, but also how it will impact our eternity. Okay? Yes, Dad. So it's important for us to get this because he, in this, he's also talking about the Lord in a new way as the righteous judge and directly attributing that to Jesus. Okay. Yes. Now again, with David, even with Bathsheba, right? He was speaking about eternity. Even with the, the child that they would have had that did not make it right. Says he won't come to me, but I will go to him. He's speaking about eternity or a later time back in the heavenly community or a future time, I should say, right? Same with all the other sin. He made atonement or propitiation, right? The Lord did judge, but that was a constant thing with David. Lord, I've I've only wronged you. Even though 
you can look at that in the natural and say that's truly not the case. All right? Yes. Was Bathsheba's husband wronged? Absolutely. Cost him his life. Right? So let's understand that in full. Our actions don't just impact us. They impact many around us. The entire nation was impacted as a result of David's wrongdoing on multiple occasions. And it's no different for us today, whether it's as a, a leader of your own household, right? Yes. Or you're with your family and or in your community, your state, your nation, and the whole globe can be impacted. Mm-hmm. But no matter what we do, it must be brought underneath the blood. Only that, and I mean the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. only his blood can wipe away, uh, not just wash away, but erase mm-hmm. that sin and ensure that we are not then judged for it for all eternity. Amen. And then in the example that you gave about David and um, Bathsheba, there are times where we think our crime is simply against another person. But God says, no, that's really against me. Absolutely. Right? We see yes. that with Moses and the children of Israel in the, the wilderness. And Moses thought they were complaining against him. And the, and the Lord was like, no, they're complaining against me. Amen. Um, so that's also what comes into play here in Hebrews, where he's talking about um, vengeance being the Lord's and him repaying because he understands the, the weight and the gravity of each particular crime or sin, if you will. And also even talking about um, how how we treat the Lord and the the sacrifice that he made, how we honor him or dishonor him, how God counts that. And you think, oh, it's just a simple thing. I'm just telling the preacher no. Well, God, you know, he may see it a different <laughs> way. Or for someone who has known the Lord and known better to turn away from him <clears throat> and carry on how God sees that and responds to it as well. It's not just you changed your mind. This is you sinning against the Lord. Um, in David's particular life, you would see him say, the Lord judge between me and you. Like who's Absolutely. right in this matter? Thinking says that constantly. Or a, a yes, and that making that sin, it's just I'm wronging my brother or I'm wronging my sister or I'm wronging a human. But the um, other things are considered, like I said, against directly against the Lord. And it's not, even though the person experiences um, the action being done toward them, God sees it as being done towards himself, which is mm-hmm. something totally different. Carries a whole different mm-hmm. measure of weights, if you will. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Yes. And as you were speaking, mom and dad, you knew referencing how the Lord, he understands exactly the heart of the person. Um, mm-hmm. And he's not just between one person or maybe a group of people, like what we see in the example of Ananias and Sapphira. Mm-hmm. They took it as though they were lying to Peter. Mm-hmm. That's who they thought they were duping and deceiving. But the Lord mm-hmm. said, no, this is something inside your heart that has to be dealt with. And that was against the Holy Spirit. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. And God is the only one who can see the intricacies of thought, direction, intention, motives, and the history of that person. How many times had he gone to Ananias and, Ananias and Sapphira? How much did they actually know better and know the Lord? So when he judges, we already and always know he's going exactly to the truth and exactly to what's right. 
But when we look at it from the surface, we're like, oh, why? What's wrong with telling a lie to Peter? I mean, you know, it's just a little lie or, you know what I mean? All the things that human flesh does to justify sinful behavior and then turn and say, well, God is harsh in this situation, but you don't know all the things that God has been dealing with them about. You don't know what their motives were. You don't know the human looking, the third party looking from the outside doesn't know all these things, but our God does. And he knew exactly what their intention was, was to deceive the Holy Spirit and try to trick him versus it looked on the surface like they were just lying to Peter and the other apostles. But go ahead, honey. Yes. And while it, as you said, mommy, while it would seem that they're just doing the action against Peter, we have to understand that the Lord understands and he's not being harsh. And we were talking inside the previous episode about how they were used to the law of Moses. The law of Moses wasn't like the Lord, meaning that if two or three witnesses came against you, even if they were lying and they were totally wrong, you still were um, condemned, meaning in the example of Nabal. So let me say it like this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that the law of Moses wasn't like the Lord. It was because it came from him. It was the way they applied the law yes. of Moses that wasn't like God. Exactly. Because God wouldn't give them something unrighteous and say, here, do this unrighteousness and then go, you're being unrighteous. Right. And there's no unrighteousness in God. So there's no variation or shadow of turning in him. And he only does good things. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights. So he gave them something good and he meant for them to um, engage with it and keep the law with a right and a righteous heart. Right. Which is why Jesus spoke to the Pharisees the way that he did in in the when he was in his earthly ministry you missed and and basically telling them they missed the entire point of the law of moses because then they would have understood mercy they would have understood righteousness justice and truth they would have understood understood to protect the widows that's what god put there and And, obedience mm -hmm, and the love of god they would have understood that if they had actually adhered to the law of moses you think about moses's character and his behavior he was interceding for his brothers and sisters Yes, he got irritated with them sometimes. However, he wasn't trying to wipe them off the earth, which they took as a, use the law as a means to um, enact unrighteousness and to kill and to covet and to suppress and oppress and to rob and to um, oppress the poor, right? When the Lord told, yes. them, told them to help, they were abuse the fatherless and all those other kind of things and i'm saying they but it's just the religious spirit of the day taking what god made and right as something right and righteous and holy and perverted it to something that was unrighteous so they were used to how the people acted not how god acted they they didn't know him yes and how the people act and how they applied it Mm -hmm. um and i didn't mean to say nabal was nabal with uh ahab yes vineyard yes and how they had Jezebel had told them to stone them if he had done thus. So they thought they were fulfilling the law, but we have to understand that as humans, I know I don't understand everything. And I, most times I don't understand, understand much of a situation. I may be able to quote unquote judge from the outside, but I don't truly understand why these things occur. And also there's something that Paul is, um, the Holy spirit through Paul is describing is that the Lord's also gives insight like in the example of Ananias and Sapphira, he gave Peter insight into what was truly occurring. Peter wasn't um, being forced into saying that. The Lord revealed it to him so that way he could address it with them. And it's not quite how um, we think about it, meaning that 
and mommy, this is something that you talk about often, that everybody has a chance to repent. It may be um, in the example of Haman instead of Esther. He had a brief second. He could have got himself together, but then what was going to occur was going to occur. He, it didn't seem like he had a long a years of um, opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the example didn't say that his wife counseled him and then he had five years to think about it and he didn't do it. That's how as humans we want to think about it. We want the Lord to give us extended periods of time so that way we can do with what we want and then mm-hmm. at the very last second come into what mm-hmm. the Lord wants us to do. Mm-hmm. But understanding that the Lord is also the judge of how much of a window we get as well. And that's something very important here as well um, inside the scripture is that the Lord, he understands the both the motive and how long the person should get. I don't know that person. He's, he's predetermined certain things. Yes. Well, and, and I want to I want to say this because he said the lifespan of of humanity is 120 years. Mm-hmm. Now it is to that human to protect their own lifespan because he's already granted it. And it's there are certain things that he's granted and he, he leaves it to humans to carry it out. Like reproduction is one of those. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And he in general has left it to humans to do that. So whether the human reproduces and multiplies in a covenant of marriage before God and blessing of the Lord and the grace of having the spouse that God assigned to them, or they choose to do it by other means, that's up to them. God, he, he set it out there and he said, here it is. So the lifespan has been granted to every human. Now, each human has the obligation to protect their lifespan. Don't shorten it and believe for the fullness of it, right? That That's yes. your individual responsibility. And what happens is humans go about heaping up sin. Uh-huh. Um, you'll see this in Genesis where the Lord said, the sin of the Amorites is not yet full. So that tells you there's a metric, there's a meter on this sin. And when sin, as in James tells us, reaches its fullness, it brings forth death. Again, showing us that there's a meter and a metric on it. We as humans don't understand what the weight of each sin is, right? And what sin will be that final tipping point that triggers that component of death, like the the natural death that would end the person's physical life. One sin without it being repentant causes spiritual death, right? We saw that in, in the garden, eating the fruit caused spiritual death. But their physical death didn't come for some time. So... When we are looking at that, for example, Moses, when he struck the rock the second time, he did not understand the weight, the severity of what he had done against the Lord. He yes. just thought, oh, it's no big deal. I'm a little bit angry. Ah, you know, strike this rock and it's going to be all right. But God said, whoa, you have crossed the line there. Not, not only did you just strike the rock in disobedience, but you taught the people to sin because you did not represent me as holy before them. So when God told him, here's the weight of your sin, right? Adam and woman thought they were just eating a piece of fruit that God, you know, might've felt a little bit of sensitive about, but it wasn't that big a deal. But when God said, here's the weight of your sin, the severity of your sin, then they're like, <gasps> right? Oh my, I yes. never yes. knew that. So when we look at for example, Ananias and Sapphira, they're just thinking, I'm going to tell a little lie. I've told a million lies before. What's the big difference, right? Well, God said, here is the cost. I mean, reveal to you the weight and severity of your sin. Well, and here's, here's the thing with that too. He revealed that after, as you had brought up there, Charles, 
He had given them opportunity and time to repent. And how do we know that God did that? Because they were asked the question, are you sure that you only sold the land for such and such a price? And they doubled down, if you will. He gave them a they, chance to turn it, their course. They gambled, right? Mm-hmm. They gambled and said, uh, and, and they doubled down and said, oh, yes, this was the exact price that, that we sold it for. It's in full. You've received everything. But it goes and shows exactly their heart and that they were withholding from the Lord. Full, They weren't giving them him, the Lord, all of them. They were retaining some for themselves. All they had to do was say, hey, no, we're going to hold some of these proceeds back. That's all. It was theirs to do with what they wanted. They were the ones that were saying, on the one hand, we're giving everything to the Lord. But their intention... Knowing full well, it was not. It was mm-hmm. to deceive. And it, their intention was to deceive the Lord. Mm-hmm. So God didn't care about the items one way or the other, but their intention was to deceive the Lord. And like you both said, LaCharles and my love, that sometimes we think, oh, it's going to, we have more time. There's going to, it should be a five-year period of grace before I'm, no, you, the, the moment, your choice and your opportunity to control the situation is to go, I'm not going to engage in sin. That's the power that you have. After you choose to engage in sin, the consequence, you have no dictation over. You have no control or authority over that because the penalty of sin is death. And because we are limited in our perspective, because we're humans, we're not all seeing and all knowing. We don't um, 100% operate in the spiritual realm because we have natural bodies that cause us to be um, specified to the earth. We don't 100% operate in the spiritual realm. We don't know what the cost of that sin is going to be and the fullness of that penalty. So our job is to say, well, I'm just not going to engage in sin because I don't want to take a chance. But like um, Haman, when his wife spoke and that wasn't his first opportunity to change his course, he decided to speed on past that flashing red light. Are you sure you want to do that? They, did pers- they decided to proceed past it and they did not guard or value their life because if they had, they would have said, well, I want to live a long life on the earth. Why should I, um, why should I put my hand myself into the hands of the Lord in that way? No, thank you. Um, Matthew 21 verses, um, 44 and 40, uh, 44 says this, and whoever falls on this stone will be broken, mm-hmm. but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder or so, crush, depending on your translation. Mm-hmm, the, yeah. I have the new King James version. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to fall on the stone of Christ and go, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. And I choose to turn away from my sin. Mm-hmm. But should you, speed past the warnings of the Holy Spirit and the cautions that he's giving you, the um, the way he's coming to say, turn your from your wicked ways, alter your course. If you choose to ignore him and go past that, now you leave yourself open to the, the penalty that you've set up for yourself in the judgment of your sin. And it's a terrible thing. Choose mm-hmm. life. <laughs> choose, choose to listen to the Lord. And I think we'll close there for today. Absolutely. <laughs> and choose the Lord first and, first and foremost. And for anything that you have done that's been against the Lord, mm-hmm. bring it underneath the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. He will wash you both inside and out, white as snow. Clean slate, forgetting everything. 
throwing what you did into the sea of forgetfulness, he won't remember it anymore. Amen. And if you still have breath in your body right now, you have an opportunity to repent. That's right. You have a chance. So don't think your time is up because you're still here looking around, breathing, thinking you got, it's your chance. It's your chance. So the Lord is still being, being gracious. So don't delay. Mm -hmm. And with that, we'll pause. And can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the wisdom that you've given us, Lord, and for revealing your heart to us, Lord, so that we know how to respect you, Lord, that we know how to walk before you and walk with you, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given each and every one of us to turn to you, Lord, to be your son or your daughter, Lord, and be workers and part of your family, Lord. So we thank you for the blessing that you've bestowed upon us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says Subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.